Welcome to the Weekend Wrap-Up. This is Zoe, the summer intern here at KLRC. If you're like me, sometimes you don't catch things as they're happening on the air, but that doesn't mean you have to miss out. Here's some highlights from Mark and Christie's morning show, Isaac from Middays, and The Drive Home with Anson and Kara. Let's see what they've been up to this week. Here's a positive difference story from Mark and Christie. So I think this is so cool. This is a 10-year-old girl who is a checkers, okay. Like the game checkers? Checkers champion. Yeah, okay. and she's winning hearts and money okay. for Ukraine's army. Um, so basically, her name is Valerie. What she does is she sits at this folding table outside the doors of a shopping center. And this is in Kiev. So in Ukraine. Yes. Okay. Waiting for someone to sit down in the chair across her. It's a camping chair. Okay. At this table and give her a run for her money against her and play her a game of checkers. So she's basically sitting out there and like, bring it. Yes. She has a a sign sitting on the table and it says, we're helping raise money for Ukraine. Play me in checkers if you can beat me. You know, If, if I win, I get to keep the money. Okay. It's been pretty incredible. And she's a shark. Yeah, she's a hustler, right? But in this case, she can be a hustler. And people are cool with it. Yeah. You know, but the thing is, people are truly trying to beat her. And um, her mom said that she asked how she could help the Ukrainian army. Valerie did. And and Valerie started thinking, you know, um, well, her mom said, what are you good at? And Valerie thought, well, I'm, I'm good at playing checkers. And so she just decides to sit at this folding table outside the, the shopping center, puts a sign up. People are walking by. But what people don't realize is that she actually is a checkers champion. Not okay. just some little girl sitting outside waiting. Yeah. And so they just see this 10-year-old girl, and they're like, we, we got this. And they sit down, they pay their money, and then she beats them. She's been there for 10 days. She's never lost a game. That's awesome. Undefeated. Yeah, and she's averaging $150 every hour and a half. And anyway, word has spread. Now people are coming up and lining up to play this girl in checkers. And the thing is, they don't even care if they get beat now because they're raising money for the Ukraine army. That's hilarious. So they're happy to get beat. They're taking pictures. This girl beat me. (laughs) And they're raising money and making a lot of money for the Ukrainian army. And um, basically, um, one, one soldier sent a message to her just saying, thank you so much for what you're doing for us. And she just thought to herself, she goes, I'm just playing checkers. I don't feel like I'm doing anything. Um, But it brings tears to her eyes to know that she's making a difference, even all the way to the front lines and and their hearts. So pretty cool story of a a 10-year-old girl just taking what's right there in her hands and just showing up and making a difference. I believe that all of us, being in the image of God, our creator, are endowed with creativity. And creativity isn't just for people who go to Hobby Lobby. Creativity is also problem solving, thinking outside the box and embracing your limitations. And that's why I think this little girl was so creative and inspiring. She took the little that she had, her ability to play checkers, and got creative with it. She saw a need and found a way to fill it in her own unique way. How many times do we sell ourselves short because we don't think we can do something? We see needs all around us and can't think of easy solutions. I think this little girl right here, proves to all of us that we just need to focus on what we've already been given, steward it well, and God will do the rest. I also love this story because though it is encouraging and inspiring, it is a reminder for us all that there are harsh realities our brothers and sisters are facing in Ukraine, and I think that deserved a moment of acknowledgement. 
On that solemn note, here's more from Mark and Christy. Really appreciate you being honest about just that whole driving in this morning and feeling just the weight of the world and mm-hmm. all the things in your plate and sure. how that shapes perspective. And I, in different ways, but similar to, I think I've had that happen in this like funk where it just feels like my thought patterns, like kind of stuck in that negative, mm-hmm. like, you know, just wait a minute, why, like, why am I just seeing things the way that I am? So when you shared that thing, that little line from Shanti Fieldhan about like, no, we get to take back the narrative mm-hmm. in our minds. Like that's, that's right. actually again what God wants for us. Cause we do, we tend to drift towards anxiety or negativity or whatever. Mm-hmm. And man, I'm totally prone to do that, mm-hmm. but I'm not just helpless either. Like God actually will help me say, no, I'm, I'm going to take this back. I can mm-hmm. actually choose to see good things that whether it's, the beautiful kid who's sitting in a cart at the grocery store instead of just focusing on how much the bill's going to be when I get there. And I thought that was a great example of like, yeah, both those things are true. Which one am I going to choose to focus on? Sure. And my mentor um, years ago, that's one of the things she would say, you know, five things that you're grateful for. And I would be, I, I couldn't come up with five things at first. She's like, come up with one. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually she said, yes, you can. You can come up with five things in your life. But one thing that I think is so cool, I love this this whole illustration. This is a guy, it's, it's a book called Atomic Habits. And it, his name's James Clear. He writes this book. He says, he talks about the Japanese railway system. He says, it's extraordinary. Um, it's called the point and call system is what they do. And basically to an outside observer, it seems like odd to hear the train operators pointing at a light and saying the signal is red. So like the light turns red and they point it out and they, okay. ye- they yell it out. Okay. And so everyone's like, yeah, it's red. Like, right, why you gotta see. be doing yeah. that. Um, or those point at the clock and they'll say the time is nine twenty seven. Everyone sees that it's 927, but they'll say it anyone. But they said that it has proven to be so effective that it has reduced errors in their railway system by 85% because train operators are using their eyes, their ears, their mouth, and their hands all at the same time. So it's this bringing this like heightened level of awareness to what could be, you know, be just a very subconscious daily chore, but literally pointing out and calling out what they see. They have uh, just prevented serious accidents in ways train operators just have never been able to do before. So what he does is he translates that to our own lives when it comes to shifting our perspective. He's like, literally, point it out. Point at something. Say, point over at the, for me, it might be the freezer where the ice cream is. <laughs> and say, I am so grateful for that chocolate chip cookie dough. And that ice cream, yes, yes, and but he he gets serious, you know. He says, "Point to your spouse and just say, my husband or my wife gives the best hugs." Hmm. Instead you know? of just thinking it, actually engaging your whole body in it. Yes, huh. I, I thought, yeah, that's pretty awesome. And he says, we so often slide into doing the exact opposite. Um, it's easy to subconsciously or even verbally, you know, say things that are not life giving. Um, what what do you think happens when we point out things that are um, not life giving? Well, you just start creating this whole new narrative. And then what we're talking about, start pointing out, creating the new narrative, take back that jacked up negative narrative that's going on. We do have the power to do that. That's, and we forget. If I'm honest, there's a part of me is going to like, OK, that feels a little awkward. 
It does. But I think it's probably one of those things that like, if you just start doing it Mm -hmm. and you press through and get over yourself a little bit. Yeah. It'll pay off. And you don't have to be super obvious. Like if I'm walking in the grocery store and I see the chocolate chip cookie dough, you know, I don't have to like point at it out loud and yell and be like, I love you, chocolate chip cookie dough. I'm so grateful. So that everybody could hear. Right. You could just kind of maybe, you know, point, like have your hands in your pocket, maybe point a little pinky out towards the... The ice cream, you know what I'm saying? And be like, thank you, guys. And just whisper, just say, I'm grateful for you. I can't remember if this is something I read or heard on the radio, but somehow, someway, I absorbed the knowledge that gratitude leads into worship. When we have a grateful heart, we also have a heart pointed towards God. And I think that can open a window for our hearts to feel peace and love, knowing what God has done for us. It is so easy to get into a negative feedback loop, a spiral as I like to call it, like water circling a drain. I have found the way to break free from this mental hurricane is remembering God's goodness. Like Mark and Christy said, stopping to look around you and be grateful. And I love how they said physically pointing things out, you know, like I am grateful for this thing, really getting into it. For me, I like looking at the blue sky, the clouds, nature, maybe enjoying a good meal, seeing the people I have in my life, how much they mean to me. Or like Christy said, you know, ice cream in the freezer, such a good thing to have. But that step of gratefulness can break the cycle of negative thinking, bringing about life-giving affirmations. God loves me. God provides for me. God is here with me. Now, speaking of God's provision and love, I couldn't help myself, and I had to share this story from Friday morning. All right, so Sarah Groover is pretty much like the rest of us, feeling the pinch on the budget, mm-hmm. everything costs more, mm-hmm. not a whole lot left. So um, she was on her way home from the grocery store after shopping, pretty much down to like, she said about her last 20 bucks to the next paycheck. And then came the begging, the crying, the tears, the drama from the kids who just wanted some ice cream. They were in the oh. back of the car, okay? And she's down to like she's her down last to, $20. Yeah. She yeah. said, I said, no, I'm short on money. I might need that $20 before paycheck day. She told the kids, we have plenty of good food at home. We don't need to stop at the ice cream store. Okay? So she heard the little sighs from the back seat, and then she heard a little voice say, God, we'd really love some ice cream. Is there any way you can give mommy some money so we can get some ice cream Aww. tonight? We know you can. Thank you. Oh, precious. Right? She said, oh, good grief. She said, guys, God isn't going to drop money on our doorstep so you two can get ice cream. He's busy right now, like helping the people with all the natural disasters mm. that have been going on. Josh said, her son, nope. God said you'll have plenty of money for ice cream and to give some to the natural disaster people. She's like, Josh, it doesn't work that way. And he began to give up, didn't say anything else until they got home and they opened up the mail. In the mail was an envelope with a check for $123 and an overpayment on a student loan she paid off in 2007. No. The kids said they weren't surprised. They got ice cream. The Red Cross got a little donation from mom. And everybody learned a little something about faith. Mm, That is a great story. I love that. I had to share this story with you. Such a powerful yet simple story of a child's faith. 
I thought it was so interesting how the mom, and I can't blame her for this, tried to explain to her son that God is busy, that other people need him more. But I was also sad that she told her son this, because I worried she was saying that God is too busy for them, that they were not important to God. And I think it's worth reminding us that God is all-powerful, omniscient, and he is the one and only supreme multitasker, and he is never too busy for us, and we are always important to him, even if our needs seem small in the grand scheme of this world. I think that's exactly what he proved to the mom and kids that day, providing them with that extra bit of money leading to ice cream. I think that maybe what the mom was trying to communicate to her son was praying to God isn't like a vending machine. We don't insert request here and God gives it to us without question. That's obviously not how he works. But if we think he does, then we become incredibly disappointed when our prayers go unanswered, thinking he doesn't care and isn't listening. I think the mom was trying to spare her son the disappointment so he wouldn't be hurt when God didn't provide the ice cream. And I can relate. To this day, I struggle with asking God for anything. For almost my entire life, my family struggled in poverty, and it was only through miracles that we kept afloat. Because I witnessed God provide time after time, I knew that he knew what we needed, so I didn't need to ask. And if I did ask, that was somehow going to make it sting more if the need wasn't provided for. And I think by not asking God for things, I ended up doubting or limiting God in an attempt to be realistic and not be disappointed. So prayer, faith, our relationship with God, it's a really complicated thing, isn't it? Well, not for this kid. It's as simple as asking the Heavenly Father for ice cream. And that simple story of a child's faith moved a mountain within my own heart, and I hope it resonated with you as well. Up next is Isaac with some interesting information on the power of music. One thing I will never stop geeking out about is the power of music. It's Isaac. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Researchers have long noted how music affects infants. Listening to music helps soothe them, encourages brain development, and promotes language and social skills. However, some new discoveries are really cool, including on the other end of someone's life. New research has found that people living with neurodegenerative diseases like dementia can be helped by music and help reconnect a person to themselves and their memories. Researchers at Northeastern University, along with their colleagues, recently published a new study showing that listening to a patient's favorite tunes increases connectivity and responsiveness in the brains of patients with dementia. That's really powerful. And I think that it's so cool that God made us to where music, tones, and things like that impact us so much. So it's obviously important to consider what type of music we're taking in, right? KLRC wholeheartedly believes in the power of music. I mean, that's why we're a ministry, because we know how God can use music in our hearts and minds. So it doesn't surprise me how music can help those with dementia, though really amazing, and will hopefully continue to bring relief and healing to people. Cats, on the other hand, are either a stress relief or a stress inducer, depending on how you feel about cats. Here's Isaac talking about cats being um, an invasive species. I don't have pet cats. I have several cats that deem me worthy of sharing the house with them. This is Isaac. And if you're a cat owner, you know what I mean by that. They're not exactly something that I would uh, freely call a pet. They kind of just like share a space with you 
And if they ever feel like you're worthy of it, they'll sit on your lap and allow you to pet them. Uh, and a Polish scientist has the internet a little bit upset after he classified domestic cats as an invasive species, citing the damage they cause to birds and other wildlife in areas they uh, inhabit. Some cat lovers have reacted a little emotionally to this month's decision and put the key scientist behind it on the defensive. Waljikek Solars, a biologist at the state-run Polish Academy of Sciences, wasn't prepared for the disapproving public response when he entered Felis Catus, the scientific name for the common house cat, into the database run by the Institute. Solars described the growing scientific consensus that domestic cats have a harmful impact on biodiversity given the number of birds and mammals they hunt and kill. The criteria for including the cat, he says, among the alien invasive species are 100% met by the cat. Now, I get it. Feral cats are a problem, sure. You should responsibly spay and neuter your cats. Duh. But the last thing that I think about when my cat waddles up to me when the auto feeder runs out is predator. I just don't <laughs> I just don't think that Hogarth, my chunky cat, is much of a threat to anything um, other than my legs when he tries to claw me. That's that's it. So I guess I need to be a protected species in that regard, but that's this is very good. This is very funny. I personally love cats, but I know some people aren't big fans. And I think that depends on the cat, because some cats are super sweet, cuddly, and cute, and some cats are just mean and annoyed by your human presence. I'm glad my cat Jasper is more on the sweet, cute side of things. Up next is Anson and Kara catching up on his vacation. Kara, it is good to be back after a two-week-long vacation. It's great to have you back. My wife and I took a anniversary trip. Oh, so fun. Our first big trip, really, that we've done together. We went to Scotland. Wow. It was the coolest thing ever. That's amazing. I spent part of my vacation on this island called Iona, which is off the west coast of Scotland. And it was so amazing. It's the small, tiny little island, just a couple hundred people that live there. Mm. And uh, most of my afternoons were spent, like sitting in a grassy field, maybe reading a book, watching sheep graze. Oh man. It was a very slow few days, yeah. which I think is exactly what we needed. Mm -hmm. This is a great break from the busyness of life. But I couldn't help while I was there thinking about what normal life was gonna look like when I came back, mm. right? Because you've probably been on a vacation like that before, right? Where you get some time on the beach or, yes. I don't know, in a snowy cabin in the mountains or whatever. And it's really great, but then you know it only lasts for a certain period of time. Oh, I know. And you gotta come back to reality. It's true. And so I was thinking, how can I take some of this peace and quiet with me? Is it even possible mm. to do that? And I've heard, and you may have heard this too, people talk about how as Christians, sometimes we unintentionally separate the sacred from the secular mm. moments in our lives. Right. So things like praying or reading the Bible or maybe even sitting in a sheep field in Scotland <laughs> feel very sacred and holy, right? Sure. But things like vacuuming the floor or eating yeah. a cheeseburger or filling out paperwork, <laughs> like those are things we just need to get through so uh, that we can get back to the meaningful stuff, right? Interesting, it's true. But my trip reminded me that our lives are filled with sacred purpose. Hmm. Even when, and maybe especially when, we're too caught up in our busyness to notice. Wow. Our lives shouldn't be divided into categories of sacred and secular. As someone uh, said while I was in Scotland, there are only moments that are sacred and moments that we've forgotten that are sacred. Ooh. <laughs> 
It's the first day of my once-in-a-lifetime incredible anniversary vacation to Scotland yeah. with my wife. Ooh. And I'm having a panic attack oh. for the first time in my life. Oh, no. Never had one of those before. Wow, yeah. It's a little bit of a challenging experience. A little bit, yeah. In a city that I uh, had never been in before, was feeling a little lost, and had no luggage. Oh, So it was man. lost by the airline. That's a lot. So my wife and I each had a backpack on with some electronics and toiletries, the clothes that we were wearing on our persons. Yeah. And we were going to be in Europe for the next two weeks, and that's all we had. Oh my goodness. So I was kind of freaking out. A little bit. Just a a little bit. Lest you think that this trip was all glamour, right? You know, the Instagram (laughs) photos of all the pretty things wasn't all that way, unfortunately. But we spent the first half of our trip with a group on a spiritual retreat of sorts. Mm And this group, uh, 10 to 12 people or so, mostly strangers, they immediately latched on to us in our moment of despair and started lending us shirts and coats and pants and more. And it was so cool, Kara, because it just ended up being such a beautiful picture of the body of Christ, right? People we didn't know, but brothers and sisters Mm. in God's family Mm. who came together and cared for all of our needs when we had literally nothing. Yeah. You know, we're oh. going, how are we even going to get through a few days? Right. With, I was literally wearing sweatpants that I had worn on the plane. Oh. And that's all I had. Wow. And, uh, you know, I'm a little tall, so I had to try a few pairs of jeans on yeah. from some of these guys before I found some that would not be capris on me. Uh-huh. But it was such a cool experience oh. to be cared for in that way. That's awesome. I felt really bad that Anson struggled so much in Europe. But I'm also really relieved because he was able to experience and bear witness to the body of Christ in action. For me personally, it can often feel like we as Christians aren't very loving, or we say we're loving, but then we don't see it or feel it in actions. Yet here is the perfect example and model for what we as fellow followers in Christ are supposed to do, who we are supposed to be. It was a great relief and boost of encouragement for me just to know that there are people like this in the world. Restored a bit of my faith. We are also happy to have Anson back here in the studio, safe and sound, all in one piece, even though he hasn't gotten his luggage back. Thank you so much for listening to this week's wrap-up. Join me next week as we catch up on things you might have missed during the week. Until then, have a great weekend.